Are you a financial professional wondering how to transition your clients from the accumulation to the distribution phase? How to engage individuals looking for a professional with true retirement income expertise? How to mutually develop a solution that resonates with them? Or how to grow your practice in a meaningful way that's based on best practices for financial planning? Then you've come to the right place. Sign up for our two-day masterclass for financial professionals hosted by Wade and Alex on January 23rd and 24th from 12 to 1.30 both days. Your future practice will thank you for it. Go to resaprofile.com slash masterclass. Intel Inside. Wait, what's that? Well, in the wealth management space, let's make sure it's Orion Inside. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Retire with Style podcast. I'm Wade, and I'm joined by my riveting co-host, Alex. And we're joined today by Orion Beach from Orion. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. We're very happy to have you as a guest, continuing this theme that we've been doing with uh, members of our RISA advisory board, as well as key professionals who are working to help financial advisors uh, bring services to their clients. So welcome to the show, Ryan. No, thank you. I'm super excited to be here and uh, super excited to participate. So thanks for the opportunity. No, that's great. And Absolutely. Go on, Wade. Well, as we get started, if I didn't read a bio for you, we think it's better to let our guests uh, give their own bios in that regard. So could you just give us a little bit of your background and what, what you've done and what you're currently doing with Orion? Yeah, sure. So um, I got into uh, the investment advice business a little bit differently than most people. Um, I actually started out um, as an attorney. So um, I was a securities and uh, mergers and acquisitions attorney for um about eight years, um, which allowed me to see the business um, in a little bit of a, a different view. And um, like I said, I did that for about eight years. And um, one day um, had this epiphany that as a law firm attorney um, working in a law firm, um, I was really just, you know, an hourly worker. Um, and uh, um, I was working with some you know pretty interesting clients, you know, on uh on the RAA side of the business and um, um, really was very jealous about, you know, these scalable business models um, that they had, you know, helping clients um, to better outcomes and growing their practice um, into something, you know, really meaningful. And um, I remember I just had this epiphany one day that I was sitting on the the wrong side of the table um, and wanted to get more closely aligned with the um, advisor community um, that I was starting to, to learn more and more about um, as an attorney. So I actually um, jumped ship from being a law firm attorney and uh, joined as the general counsel for Orion, uh, my current employer, um, back in 2011. And um, back then, Orion was a, a lot smaller, um, but we knew that we were um, on to something helping advisors you know, grow their business um, and partnering with advisors. Uh, so my first job was um, I built out the legal and compliance and audit functions, you know, of Orion to, to help us prepare for what we knew was going to be a pretty good growth opportunity over the next decade. Um, and we wanted to scale up, you know, those types of functions in a pretty meaningful way because we really believe in that independent fiduciary model 
And part of believing in that fiduciary model is, you know, trying to walk the walk and make sure that you're putting resources in place to ensure that we're doing the right thing with client assets that um, our advisors entrust with us um, as a partner. And so um, that was pretty important to us as a firm. And um, um, since that point, um, after we built out those functions, um, I've actually had the opportunity to work on a lot of different parts of our business um, here at Orion. Um, I eventually became the, the president and COO of our um, wealth management business, um, which was just a, a wonderful experience for me because I got to work with advisors who really taught me about their business and um, what they did, you know, with clients to helping them with better outcomes. And, um, you know, there, there are so many advisors um, that were just so generous with their time um, over the years as I learned that part of the business. And I just think, you know, super fondly of all those advisors um, that showed me the ropes. So uh, if you're an advisor that worked with me back in the early days of Orion, you know, and you're listening to this right now, um, you know, just know that I'm super grateful um, for those interactions and those experiences as you um, kind of educated me on what it means to take care of a client and uh, help them do a better, you know, retirement outcome. So, um Fast forward um, a couple of years, um, and I've had some other roles at Orion. Um, I've been the chief operations officer, you know, of the business. Um, um, I took a couple of um, year, a leave of absence, even though I was working here at the time, um, to um, execute on our M&A strategy. Um, so as we've grown, we've um, in- incorporated lots of different functionalities for advisors um, into our business, whether it's risk intelligence, whether it's compliance software, whether it's um, customer relationship management software, um, outsourced um, investment offerings that advisors um, can take the time to do. Um, um, I've had the opportunity to work with our board, you know, and our leadership team to um, really grow that business and try to grow all the different things that we have available for advisors so that advisors can do what we think is their highest and best calling, which is um, spending time with clients, you know, and not sitting in front of a computer screen reconciling accounts or sending out tax statements or doing all the other things that we can help them do in a really, really scalable way. So, so that, that's my story. No, that's... That's great. Go on with. Well, just I guess before we get too far into this, because we do have an audience that is a combination of uh, like consumers, retail investors, uh, individuals planning for their retirements, as well as financial advisors. Uh, for those individuals who may not really understand what Orion is and does, it may help to just level set a little bit with what exactly is Orion doing and how is Orion helping financial advisors help their clients? So at at heart, um, we are a technology company. Um, So we offer technology for advisors so that they can um, um, continue to grow their business. So um, we like to think that what we have is a tech-enabled fiduciary process. So um, we we, um, have our technology laid out in four different buckets, um, so to speak, um, which we call one, prospecting, two, planning, three, investing, and four, achieving. And we we really view those as the four things that advisors do on a day-to-day basis. You know, they look for new clients um, and we can help them do that. Um, They help advisor or they advisors help clients enter into a financial plan and we can help them do that um, with our software. And then we can take the results of that financial plan and tie it to an investment strategy. Um, And um, 
uh, make sure that the financial plan and investment strategy are really, really aligned. And then that fourth bucket, you know, achieve um, is all the th different things that an advisor can choose to spend time doing. Um, we would like to do for them, right? So whether it's sitting in front of a computer, reconciling the accounts on a daily basis, you know, sending out tax notifications, um, um, trading the account, um, and all the other things. Um, again, we would like to take on as much of that work as possible so the advisor can spend more time with clients because we know that when advisors and clients spend time together, um, that they're more aligned with what the goals and strategies are. And we think that that's a much better outcome. Um, and we think that working with a financial advisor is a really good thing for clients. And so we, we try to free up as much time for the financial advisor as possible to think so that they can spend more time with their clients. No, I, th I think that's excellent. Uh, a, a point I would make here, and uh, I'll speak from a, a personal story. Uh, obviously, Wade and I are principals at McLean Asset Management. And last week we were talking to Kelly Waltrick about just, you know, marketing and how a consumer can speak to an advisor and develop tells, if you will. You know, if this is going to be a relationship that sticks. And one of the things Kelly had mentioned is that the advisor can't do it all. I mean, you have to start somewhere, obviously, but you can't do it all. And you need to make sure that you have an infrastructure in place that's that's not just providing pixels or, you know, the, the algorithms or whatnot, but that's also aligned philosophically. And as we were growing our business at McLean, we didn't start out with Orion, but we got to a point that if we were going to systematize our business and be able to service our clients, we needed to partner with somebody. And I use the word partner very carefully. I mean, it's just not a random sort of phrase that I'm using. We needed to partner with somebody that would help us effectively take care of us so we could, in turn, take care of our clients. And I think that's very important to uh, when someone's doing their due diligence as a consumer to really get at who is this firm, who is this advisor working with to make sure that the ducks, their ducks are in a row, you know, from the viewpoint of being able to to manage the relationship successfully. And, you know, we, we do that with Orion, you know, frankly, and, and we haven't looked back since. And I I say that because I, I you know, as an advisor, I you know, your name is commonplace. But as consumers looking at advisory relationships, I think it's very, very important to look beyond just who you custody assets with, but who is helping you with the everyday. And, you know, a consumer may think, oh, I don't care. I just want to know a strategy or, or this or that. But the reality is you got to take it from an Excel sheet to or Excel sheet for financial planning and, you know, portfolio management reporting to actually manifest it, you know, in a, in a scalable way that's flawless. And, you know, Orion is is a significant player there. And uh, like I said, we, ha we haven't looked back. And that's very important when when somebody is doing their due diligence. I mean, w w I don't know. W what's your take on that, Ryan? Uh, obviously, it, it behooves you to say, yes, I agree. But <laughs> I mean it from the I mean it from the standpoint that I'm sure when friends are talking to you about, hey, what advisor I should use or whatnot, it's not just the strategy or the relationship that's very important, but it's also all the stuff that's underwater. Would you yeah. agree? I, I, w I would absolutely agree. And I think that there's, you know, all different, you know, sorts of advisors, you know, um, out there, right? Um, some advisors um, 
um, get into the business because they really like to manage money, right? And um, um, they'll spend their time, you know, putting together the investment, you know, allocations and, um, you know, spending a lot of time on that. Um, but there are plenty of things that we can help um, advisors do so that they can spend more of their time doing what they're good at, right? Um, some of them, some advisors get into the business because um, they really like working with people, right? Relationship management, right? And, um Again, um, we take on as much of the back office day-to-day functionalities um, that can be automated by technology um, so that advisors um, can do more of that. So I think, um, I think an important question for any client you know, to ask an advisor is, you know, out of all the different things that advisors do, what do you like doing the most? You know, and how do you organize your practice so that you can do more of that for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in that vein, since you've, you know, since t- 2011, and, and well, I have to get something out of the way just from the very beginning. Wait, did you say I was riveting? <laughs> did you? I did. And I was also noting you didn't get a full sentence in until almost eight minutes into the episode. I think that's a record. I think that's a record. And I'm sure all of our <laughs> listeners are happy about that. <laughs> but uh, what, what how have you seen it change? over the years, because I would say you're so much more than you started as a portfolio accounting system, uh, effectively, where Eric spotted a, a gap and he, he just took off with it. But again, that's that's almost like this investment theme. And that's it. How have mm-hmm. you seen that amplify in terms of the purview of your services, in terms of reading the tea leaves and saying, hey, we need a little bit of this. Hey, we need a little bit of that. And I say that because I, I, I think that that speaks to how the advisor relationship with consumers, with their clients, has also changed over the years. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, when I when I got into, you know, this business, you know, as, you know, uh, you know, baby attorney, like one of, the, one of the things that, you know, attorneys do, you know, in this um, industry, you know, when they first start out is they get to review advertising materials, right? So it's like, hey, <laughs> review these advertising materials that the advisor is using to make sure that they're compliant with SEC rules and, and regulations, right? And so if I think back, you know, to that time period, you know, of, of um, my life, and I think back to what those advertising materials looked like. You know, it was all about, hey, how do you how do you invest for retirement, right? And retirement is this thing that's off in the future, it's off in the distance, right? You know, but what are you going to do now about um, you know saving for retirement? What are the best mutual funds to buy, and how much money you know should you be putting? Um, away inside your investment account, you know, to prepare for retirement. And um, if you think about like the demographics of those advertising materials, you know, they, they were all aimed at, you know, working people, right? People that were actually, you know, in their careers and, you know, saving money in their 401k and all those sorts of things. But um, it'd be interesting. I, I, I guess I'd challenge some of your listeners, you know, who may not be as familiar with the, the financial services industry to next time a commercial comes on TV for, you know, um, financial advice, you know, or financial services, you know, look at the demographics of, of who it is, you know, now it's a, a slightly different story, right? It's, uh, it's aimed at people who are already in retirement, right? You know, um, instead of, um, you know, an advertising, you know, segment that's about a working person, it's now, hey, you're in retirement, how are you going to enjoy your time with your grandchildren? Right. And um, how are you going to enjoy your time in retirement? And I think that the retirement um, 
problem is a different problem than the investment problem, right? And so I think you see that in the trajectory of of the business. Um, you know, there's been a demographic shift, you know, in this country of, you know, there are lots of people that are in retirement, right? And um, uh, people that are in retirement have saved as much money um, as they're going to save, right? Um, they're not working anymore, right? You've saved all the money that you're going to yeah. save. Right? And um, running out of making sure that you don't run out of money in retirement is a very different problem to solve um, than solving for an investment you know, problem, right? Um, an investment problem is how much money should I put away and how risky should my investments be over time, right? But once you're in retirement, it's a very different um, discussion. So I think um, just like you guys, you know, we've, we've been more focused on financial planning, you know, and um, how financial planning um, um, augments retirement because of this demographic shift that's happened, you know, in our country um, that's, um, you know, t- still taking place, you know, today. No, no, I, I fully agree. I, I think, Wade, you may have written a book about this. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is music to my ears in terms of this shift that we're seeing and still the point. So, so much of the financial services world is at least now recognizing exactly what you're saying, Ryan, about risk changing in retirement and about having to meet your lifestyle in retirement rather than just saving and accumulating. But then the messaging is still (laughs) after pointing out how retirement's different. They, they don't know what to do next. It, it's still, they fall back to the same accumulation-based investment approach. And that's where when we see retirement income develop as a distinct field within financial planning, we see more and more how the approaches can be different. And, and that's so encouraging to just know that a, a major firm like Orion is talking about that and open to that idea that retirement really is different. And you have to, I mean, some people will keep that same investment accumulation mindset in retirement, but not everyone. And that's a big part of what the Reese has been about is just helping to identify that there are different ways to treat that retirement phase. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. No, and, and even before getting into the research, because we'll give it some uh, some some time, quality, some QT here. But uh, I, I think what's been interesting too is the the I, when I was talking when we were talk, speaking with Kelly, it was to your point at the beginning. It seemed the the marketing material was about how an advisor has this information asymmetry. We have some information that you need from us because we're smarter and we we can read the tea leaves. And, you know, hence the portfolio management system makes a lot of sense because it's, you know, in God we trust, everyone else bring data. You guys provided the ability to show the data, if you will. But it's interesting because you've said over in the marketing, what you see over time, too, is the advisor becomes this trusted relationship person, you know, as opposed to just somebody that, you know, is, is some stock market genius. And and you guys, I've noticed, had you know, are making sort of offerings that really begin to be aligned with that trajectory, such as the financial planning tool you folks bought and brought in. The the other piece that I, I think you're, you're really leading the charge on is the whole, you know, the investment. It, it comes from you. It, it's to, to steal a line from you folks. The investment problem has been solved, you know, for all intent and purposes. Now you're now you're really getting your hands around. How can we bring technology to help facilitate solving the the people problem is the wrong word, but the emotional aspects of all of this. Are you a financial professional wondering how to transition your clients from the accumulation to the distribution phase? 
how to engage individuals looking for a professional with true retirement income expertise, how to mutually develop a solution that resonates with them, or how to grow your practice in a meaningful way that's based on best practices for financial planning. Then you've come to the right place. Sign up for our two-day masterclass for financial professionals hosted by Wade and Alex on January 23rd and 24th from 12 to 1.30 both days. Your future practice will thank you for it. Go to resaprofile.com slash masterclass. Yeah, and no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell a story on myself here, you know, just for a second. But, you know, um, I have a family member, you know, who recently, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, retired. And, um, you know, the, I, I won't name who she is, um, but, um, you know, the bulk of her assets, you know, were, you know, in a 401k, you know, because she had been, you know, saving for retirement, you know, um, for her um, during her job. And um, this family member approached me at a, at a gathering and said, hey, I, I kind of know that you work with money and you work with financial advisors. Um, and I've got, you know, this 401k that, you know, you know, I've had for, you know, 40 years. And, um, you know, I'm retiring and like, you know, can you help me, you know, figure out, you know, what to do with this. Right. And so, of course, I got I got super excited by this. Right. Because like n- like nobody ever asked for my help. You know? <laughs> I, have, I have like no marketable skills, you know, for the most part. Like, yes, absolutely. I will, I will for sure help you with this. You know, um, this is right up my alley. You know, um, you wait, know, wait. Get, Ryan was like, finally, finally, <laughs> 15 years in the making. Now's my chance. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I was super stoked with this. You know, so um, um, so here's what I did, right? I, I, um, I approached this um, financial advisor that, you know, um, I know and trust and that uses our platform. And, you know, I reach out to this, you know, financial advisor and I say, hey, you know, nothing fancy here. You know, um, you know, I've got this family member. She's got a 401k that she's going to be rolling over, you know, um, and really, you know, don't need anything special here. We just need low cost investment solutions, you know, that are risk appropriate, you know, for the age, time horizon, you know, and her lifestyle. And, you know, this should be pretty easy, you know, right. You know, and um, I feel like, you know, I've done a solid here, you know, I've, I've really helped the family member and introduced her to a quality advisor. Um, I've given a solid referral to this advisor, you know, they seem to like each other, you know, um, um, I've done my duty here. I don't have to answer questions at family holiday events about her, her investment account, you know, is going to be performing, you know, because, you know, that, you know, I can refer her to her advisor now. And so I, I think I've done, you know, a really, really good job here, you know, and, and feel like I've, I've solved this problem, you know, for, for my family member. Right. Um, but as, as it turns out, I didn't. Right. So a few months later, I, I get a call from, you know, the same family member. Right. And, and she's a little bit freaked out. Right. Um, because she's getting trade confirmations um, in the mail, you know, from the custodian that holds her account saying, hey, we, we traded some, you know, um, of your assets, you know, at the direction of your financial advisor. Um, and she's getting in the mail these statements that says, hey, we're, we're doing these things in your account. And um, the advisor was actually doing a, a fabulous job. He was doing some tax loss harvesting, sure. you know, um, to make sure that um, she would, her tax situation, you know, um, looked good. But, you know, when she was getting these confirmations in the mail um, that we've done some tax loss harvesting, it basically just shows that, hey, we've lost some money in your account. We just wanted you to know about it, right? So she's getting these, yeah. you know, in the mail from time to time. So, um, 
uh, my family member was not not okay with this, you know, at all, you know, of like, hey, how can I be losing money? You know, why are some of my investments losing money? Um, and um, was really just not okay with this, you know, and was very, very worried that she was going to run out of money in retirement, you know, if this, you know, continued, right? Um, and so um, I guess the kind of wrap this up and make a a long story short, you know, I brought in all of my personal biases, you know, to my family member situation here, right? You know, personally, I'm a guy who likes low cost investments, you know, a broad asset allocation plan. I think tax loss harvesting is great. And so I use my my personal lens of what's appropriate for me, you know, and just said, hey, this is what my family member, you know, should have here um, as well, too. And um, we all know that um, keeping clients invested over the long run is what leads to, to better outcomes for them. And so even though like the investment strategy that I put my family member in with this financial advisor was perfectly defensible, you know, from a fiduciary perspective and from a management perspective, um, ultimately just wasn't right for her from a personality perspective. And so as a result of that, she's not going to be able to stay in her seat over the long run, over many market cycles, you know, just because it's not the right thing for her. So ultimately, you know, she ended up buying, you know, an insurance product, you know, that um, answered that question for her in ways that her old strategy couldn't, right? And so, you know, people are different, right? Um, Everybody's different. Everybody has different emotions, you know, to your point. And we need to be able to understand those differences, those differences in personal preferences, differences in emotions. And like that, that's what I really like about what you guys have done with Darissa, right? Like it really advances the ball, you know, towards understanding, you know, what a person's personal preferences are in a way that we haven't really had that tool in the industry. So I'm, I'm super excited to see it. No, no, we think it's this, this sort of blend of psychology and, and financial planning from an assessment as a starting point. It's not necessarily yep. a rubber stamp. This is what you should do, but it's this rubber stamp, not, not a rubber stamp, but it's a, it provides that starting point. Wade, uh, I, I thought he was setting you up for a nice softball there. Uh, yeah, because we, we, well, because Wade goes into he says this, and you know this is the thing that resonates is there's I, I do think there's this mismatch problem sometimes. You know, if you go under the auspices of listen, there's or the assumption, better said, of there's many ways to get it right. There's not one way that's the absolute winner, no matter what. I, I think it really just opens up your lens, almost like Dorothy when she saw color for the first time in Wizard of Oz. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. I, I think there's that. Wade, did you hear echoes of that? In- yeah, right, right. It's a great story. And yeah, we've definitely heard from a number of advisors because historically financial services is so siloed. You have investment managers, you have insurance professionals. But what the RISA has been a part of is this growing trend towards advisors who are comfortable with both the investments and insurance. And we've heard from a number of advisors who said, kind of like your story there, where I, I thought that the investing approach was the best approach for everyone, but I'm seeing that that's not always the case and that there are different styles out there. And so then the, the question from that advisor is, well, how do I serve those other styles? How can I expand my practice to incorporate more of the the tools available within the broader financial services world. And I've been saying for years that it's the advisors who are comfortable integrating these different approaches who are really going to be the best positioned to to help the most people. And I I think your story is great because it shows how that family member uh, is going to be better served because probably wasn't, it sounds like, going to be fully comfortable with that total return investing approach for their retirement income. So uh, it's a wonderful story. 
No, we get that. And we get also client uh, advisors that come up to us that, that do say hey, it, they kind of had that road to Damascus moment that you had when you mentioned, okay, I was looking at it under the lens of what I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we get a lot of advisors saying that, hey, look, I, I've largely been a total return person, but I, the light bulb went off and I realized that, yeah, there are differences here. And so how do I sort of maneuver my practice to begin to accommodate for those differences? And, and I think, and you can chime in here, Ryan, in, in terms of uh, no one can see around corners, if you will, right? We don't forecast the market, hence we're not going to forecast our profession, you know. But I get the sense that before, you know, contractual income is something that was sold, right? And so it, it's like, you know, it's don't do it, that, that, that kind of thing. But I, I do think there's a circle, there's a full circle coming where an advisor needs to have a couple of things in their toolboxes that do that that are able to provide solutions across the spectrum. Because if not, they're going to run into these situations more and more. Or, you know, frankly, if it's not within their wheelhouse, at least they they're aware of it and they may be able to refer it to someone. At least that part of it to someone that can do it. I, I, do you, are you seeing that within the the thousands of advisors that are on your platform? This sort of willingness to begin to consider different solutions. Than yeah, no, we absolutely see it. You know, we. You know, you know, we we typically get to see, you know, an advisor's entire book of business, you know, on our technology platform. And we're definitely seeing um, advisors use more and more um, solutions, you know, across the spectrum. Um, and, um, you know, I, I like to think that we get to work with the very best types of financial advisors out there, you know, that have their, their clients' best interests at heart. And so um, are absolutely willing to use um, whatever tool is most appropriate to get a client, you know, to the right outcome, you know, for them. Um, I just think it's been sort of hard to do that, right? There's, there's not been a structured way to have that conversation, you know, with a client, you know, in the past, right? Which is um, why I would say that, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, it kind of depended on which side of the market you came up on, right? If you were an investment Absolutely. guy, that's how you came up in the market and that's how you learned how to um, service clients, you know, that's what you did. And if you were an insurance guy and that's how you came up in the market, you know, it was have hammer, will nail, you know, insurance is yeah. the product for you, right? Absolutely, yeah. I actually think that we're actually in probably what's one of the best times, you know, in you know our industry where all of these things are available um, to the advisors, um, and um, I think clients should be able to, you know, have a, um, an open conversation with, you know, what are the tools that are available to me, you know, in your practice? Um, and um, the advisor should be able to have a conversation about, you know, here's, here are the different tools that I use and um, what I think is most appropriate when, right? But what I think is really special about what you guys have done with Arissa is like, it's given you a framework to actually have that conversation, you know? So on a, on no, a no. Sh- so. No, no, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, you talk about your fiduciary flywheel, right, that you mentioned earlier, which was that prospect, plan, invest, achieve. I, I, I think it dovetails nicely within that. I mean, it's, you know, prospect. It's, it's a great tool to have that structured, semi-structured, better said, discovery meeting because you know where they're coming from and you know the cadence of the conversation that, that you can have with them. And then it really flows well into the plan. The planning aspect of it because it helps set up sets up the the stage for that and then from an order of operations standpoint 
it further dovetails nicely in, in your whole system of you, you have something called 3D and maybe you want to talk about that, how it, it kind of then you know fits very nicely in terms of, okay, not everything is going to be contractual income. There is, for those that want it, there's still, you know, everything is, it's, it's not realistic. You still need a role for investments. Let's help you figure that part out. I, yeah. I think that's fascinating what you what you guys have done there. What yeah. you folks have done there, better said. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, like risk is one of these words that in our industry means, you know, different things to different people. Like there's the investment risk, you know, of what are the risks, you know, of the investments, you know, in your portfolio, right? Um, but there's different types of risks, you know, that um, advisors and clients should talk about, right? One is the ability to bear risk, right? Some clients need to bear a little bit more risk in order to get them to the returns that they need, right? And some clients don't need to really bear any risk at all, right? Because they have enough assets that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to be okay. So why have this additional risk on the table, right? And so what we're trying to do with a lot of our technology is, you know, give advisors the the tools to have different conversations about risk, not just the risks of a portfolio, but the advisors um, and the client's ability to bear risks, you know, and uh, I agree. understand them over time. So no, and and then you you throw in retirement. Wade, what what are some risks that we where, that we try to kind of address with the RISA that are specific to retirement that you don't really see? I mean, it's one of these, and you alluded to it earlier. Hammers for nails, weights for scales. You know, it's just different tools for different solutions that you that you're trying to get at. What and we said earlier that you know retirement is different, and it is obviously you've to your point, Ryan. You've accumulated your human capital, right? You've made what you've gonna make, voluntarily or not. You, you've you've kind of made it, and so now you need to transform that 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 sort of asset base into your retirement income paycheck. But that comes with it different risks that are that that are not sensitive for lack of a better word, to retirement, for to risk tolerance questionnaires. What, what are some of those risks, Wade? Well, right. That's a, a big part of the research behind the reset was just in the investment accumulation frame. Risk is just the risk that your portfolio could lose value. But then that's a short-term phenomenon, you believe, because you believe eventually the markets would recover and go up. But in retirement, of course, people are also worried about not being able to cover basic spending uh, worried about outliving their assets, worried about not having reserves to cover unexpected spending shocks and, and so forth. And so that's where once you have that style, that then building a strategy first, the, there's always going to be an investment piece, but that's the, the great point about the, do you have the capacity to bear risk? Well, if your style is just, for example, income protection, and you decide to build in a protected income floor with insurance to cover your basic spending needs, now you do have more capacity to bear risk because your spending is not jeopardized. You're not going to outlive your assets just because there's a market downturn, or at least you're not going to outlive your ability to spend in retirement because there's a market downturn. And then you may feel more comfortable taking risk with the rest, or you may decide there's no need to take risk with the rest because you've got your spending needs covered. And that's where having that more complete approach and having those different tools, still having that risk tolerance conversation, but having it a bit later in the process. And it's the point you made as well, Ryan, about in the past, an investment manager that just views the job of a financial advisor as providing an investment portfolio, the first step of that was determining the risk tolerance. But when you think about the broader picture of what retirement planning and financial planning is all about, 
uh, the first step of the process is not building the investment portfolio. The, uh, that will come later in the process. And then all those risk assessment tools really have the opportunity to shine. So building that framework for advisors to walk through these steps, it, it's a great innovation. Yeah. And go on. No, I was just going to say, I, I think um, it's just so important for clients, you know, and advisors to have those conversations like early and often, you know, so that the, the financial plan, you know, becomes really, really, you know, robust. Um, um, you know, one of my favorite, you know, quotes is, you know, Mike Tyson's, you know, quote of, you know, hey, everybody's got a plan until they got pun- until they get punched in the mouth, right? Like this yeah. last year, you know, has been like a punch in the mouth, you know, for everybody, right? Um, and, um, well, I, I think Wade went to cash earlier, so let, let's everyone, but you know, nah. yeah. and, uh, no, I still have a long time. Hurt. <laughs> Just got to frame it as a buying opportunity. <laughs> you know, but I mean, seriously, this, this market has been a punch in the mouth, right? right. Like the more you're, you're talking about what that financial plan is and like getting comfortable with it and like understanding, you know, how all the different components, you know, come together, um, to support, you know, um, a long-term time horizon, you know, it, it makes, um, it makes it more palatable to stick with the plan. Right. Um, I think it's just been a really hard year, you know, for, um, a number of, especially people that have retired, you know, um, and maybe even people who have retired early, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, um, and then to see the market kind of go through a short term, you know, correction, like it's going through right now. Um, you know, um, I, th- I just think it's so important to be using all of these different tools to have those conversations, you know, so that, um, people feel, you know, good about their long-term prospects. So, um, yeah, just another yeah, and- the and so when you're think when you're thinking about the 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 you know the spectrum of your like solution sets, how much are you are you you know everyone you know there's only so many resources you can you can like put to work you know within your balance sheet and so you have okay this is for investments this is what we're going to dedicate for investments this is what we're going to dedicate for I don't know, back office processing applications, just to say something. This is what we're going to dedicate to this. This is where we're going to get to that. Where, is, where do you see the, the fastest sort of resource commitment going towards? Is it more for investment efficiencies? And, and by that, I mean like being able to select model portfolios, you know, giving advisors the ability to select model portfolios, et cetera. Or is it towards strengthening the client relationships you know, that's another one just to make sure that, you know, folks are in tuned or is it towards solutions that help contextualize the investment experience? And by investment, I'm going to bucket also contractual income, you know, it, being able to give folks the ability to contextualize that because that's kind of what a financial planning, RISA and risk tolerance questionnaires really do. They, they, they help contextualize the investment experience. Where, where do you where you sort of where's Orion putting their chips right now? You know, I mean, obviously we continue to invest, you know, in all of those areas, Of course, um, you know, and so um, we make substantial investments, you know, in each of those areas. Um, I guess if I was going to uh, answer your question, it might come across as, as a little bit of a truism, but we, we primarily view ourselves, you know, as a, as a technology company. And I, I do think that um, all companies, you know, should be viewing themselves, you know, as technology companies because, um, you know, technology makes things scalable, makes things easier. And so really what 
I'm really focused on you know right now, um, along with the rest of our executive team, is making sure that that technology experience um, is is really top notch. You know, all the things that we're you know talking about on this podcast today, um, sort of complex, right? Um, especially yeah. to you know um, end clients, right? Um, you know, Wade, you were talking about income floors, you know, and risk tolerance. <laughs> it's like, you know, those, those are things that like um, have supreme value, you know, um, to, um, a client, you know, but, um, what we try to do is use technology to make those things more accessible. Right. And so, um, how do you, how do you make that, um, something that the client can understand and touch and see, you know, um, we talk a lot about, um, um, investors visiting their money, right? Um, we can see when they log into our system, right? Um, you know, to check what their account balances are, yeah. right? I, I call that visiting their money, right? We all do it from time to time, right? You log into your, you know, investment accounts and you're, you're visiting your money just to make sure it's there and it's touchable. Like each one of those is like an experience or is an opportunity to, you know, reinforce the financial plan, it's an opportunity to reinforce, you know, what the goals are, you know, of the end client. And so um, that's where I think we're spending a lot of time right now is just making sure that that holistic, you know, um, experience for the client is delivered really effectively through technology. Yeah, it's interesting. That just breaks down all barriers, you know, if you're doing it right. So So when you're looking at it, is it fair to say, by the way, I sleep with my money under my bed, so I'm I'm covered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm covered. It's a little lumpy in certain areas, but other than that, I'm, I'm fine. No. Uh, so when you're doing this, when you're thinking about, okay, what's the roadmap kind of thing? You're, you're, a couple of interesting things. I'm curious. You're, you're talking about clients, and there you mean underlying consumers. Mm-hmm. And, but you have a, a tougher challenge than that because you have to provide it to advisors who can then provide it to consumers. There's, there's an extra point of separation or, or whatever the word is. There's that extra sort of hump that you have to go across. So I'm, I'm curious if you're thinking about it like, okay, we got to make it super easy for advisors so then advisors can, you know, you're, you're kind of making the advisors a hero, if you will, as opposed yeah. to Orion's a hero. So that, that's a kind of a, a challenge. Yeah, I'm curious I mean, how, how you kind of go through that. Let's take a moment to let the audience know that this show is sponsored by Retirement Researcher. You can learn more about Retirement Researcher at retirementresearcher.com and subscribe to our newsletter where you'll receive weekly actionable information for your retirement planning benefit. Retirement Researcher is an online community devoted to helping you create the retirement income plan geared towards your goals. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely view ourselves as the, the back office, you know, function. Um, I, um, I, would, I would say that most of the... Um, you know, clients um, whose assets are on our platform don't even really know who we are, right? I mean, yeah, I think we, that's fair. we privately label everything for the advisor's benefit, right? And try to make sure that the advisor's relationship um, is front and center. Because again, that that's where the that's where the the true value add comes from is between having the the advisor and client be spending more time together, right? So we're not trying to put our brand out there. Um, and um, disintermediate, disintermediate that advisor relationship, you know, at all. Um, however, you know, the advisor uses a lot of our tools, right? So the client portals that clients go log on to, you know, to visit their money, you know, is offered by us. And so really um, the, the balancing act that we're trying to solve for is 
how do we make this very easy and scalable um, for the advisors, but still at the end of the day, you know, very configurable, you know, so that the advisor can talk about risk and talk about the markets and talk about retirement in a way that resonates with their personal philosophy, right? Yeah, and you're also doing a little bit more, I think. You're also, if, if I heard you correctly, and feel free to, to say, eh, wrong, you know, that kind of thing. It seems you're also trying to figure out how you can help nudge their underlying clients with reminders of why they're investing. The, the contextualization is, is I, I think, what you guys have been adding in a very smart way over the last, I don't know, five, let's say less than, more than three, less than five years. Something like yeah, that. yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like, so, um, you know, if a, if a client and an advisor go through a financial planning exercise, you know, um, using Orion's technology, you know, one of the things that they might do is, you know, um, set aside, you know, money in a 529 account, right? And so, you know, showing on the client statements, you know, um, hey, here's how much you have in 529 and here's how much you're, you know, on your way, you know, to fully funding your kid's education, right, is an opportunity to remind them like, hey, you're on track, right? And so um, some advisors, you know, want us to put that right on the client statement, you know, every time. And some, you know, um, would prefer to have that conversation in a different manner. But um, what we're ultimately offering is advisors to have choice and flexibility to service clients the best way that they can. No, I agree. And another example that you folks did, I, I think you were the first ones to do it, which was I, I thought it was pretty smart, where you, you would have like Monte Carlo results in the in the performance reports. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is, OK, the, let's say this year, right, the negative returns. But if there is a, a co corresponding Monte Carlo result from their financial plan that goes out. Sure, it was negative whatever this year, but you're still on track for your plan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that's that, that you know that that's what it's about, right? Trying to find out those kind of magical moments that you can provide to the advisor so they can push on to the clients. And and again, I, I I harp back on what I said at the beginning. If you're a consumer listening to this, I think having an advisor that partners with technology companies like this is 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 critical it is absolutely critical and and so i i think as much as you're asking the advisor about what time are you open or can i email you or, or whatever those kind of things you need to you owe it to yourself to really figure out who they're partnering with just simply because it's, it's just a table stakes and if they're not that's that's important that, that's important and you know it's kind of like you know it's sometimes you know the dog that doesn't bark kind yeah. of thing like if you don't hear it then you know there, there's there that in itself is a signal yeah no absolutely i mean every advisor you know does things a little bit differently you know some partnerly partner primarily with investment firms right and um, outsource you know um, some part of their practice to an investment firm to help them do that um you know, we like to think that we were able to offer both sides of the house, both the investment, you know, outsourcing, the technology outsourcing. Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I, I sound like a bit of a broken record on this, but it, it actually is really important to us. At the end of the day, we exist so that we can do some heavy lifting for advisors so that they can spend more time with clients. It's really just that simple. Yeah. 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 Like I, 
you take care of us so we can take care of our clients. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of thing. Hey, should we trademark that? <laughs> no, no, it's true, right? It, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Uh, and I think we're 40 minutes in and we didn't even talk about Theresa. <laughs> for, for, no, we did. But in terms of your involvement in the advisory board, I bet, and I think we don't need to because simply for everyone listening in, it, it should be pretty obvious at this point why we're just giddy. I mean, to have Ryan be part of this because if if any of you know Ryan's sort of philosophy, both personally and professionally, and I have to say, Ryan really is is the epitome of everyone that 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 we've interacted with 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 an Orion. I mean, the the firm just gets it, and if any of that magic pixie dust can effectively rub off on what we're doing within the RISA, you know. Uh, how can we not be better for it? And so, Ryan, I, I just wanted to say, give, give a personal thank you for helping us on this, uh, you know, as, as we get going. No, so, you know, just, and I honestly could thank you guys enough. Um, you guys have been great partners and uh, super excited that you guys are you know, pushing the boundaries of what's possible and allowing advisors and clients to have these conversations that there really wasn't a framework for before. So, um, no, I, you know, for that. So I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think. I think what Wade and I have always said is, I think what we came up with is something that was implicit, right? And we just surfaced it, you know, ultimately. I think advisors are kind of doing that, maybe a little cumbersome, cumbersomely. Is that even a word, Wade? Cumbersomely? <laughs> we're, we're doing it in a cumbersome <laughs> manner. Let me say it like that. And uh, we're, we're able to surface that. Uh, something that I'm, I'm curious, and maybe it puts you on the spot, maybe it doesn't, but it, you know, again, this is just a conversation, right? The, the investment model marketplace, and what I mean by that is an advisor, you know, selects a, a portfolio and many times you provide, you know, hey, these are models that you can just piggyback off that fit what you're trying to do. How do you envision something like that working within the annuity space if there's a contractual income component to this? Because it's it's different, right? It's not a it's not a mutual fund. It's not a you know a, a ticker symbol. It's a contract, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they have cohesive numbers, but still, how, how does how would something like that work? You know, so I, I think it's a mix. You know, um, because I think that what you're going to see is more and more that it's not either an all or nothing um, thing that it's been in the past. So you know, using our technology, we have the ability, you know, to offer you know. Um, the very best investment solutions from, you know, all the name brands that are out there, right? Yeah, exactly. Or BlackRock, whoever it is, right? But separately, we, we've always been downloading, you know, information, you know, into our databases, you know, from, um, you know, insurance providers and others. And so I think you'll continue. I, I think that's what the beauty of Orion is, is that, look, um, no matter where the assets are held and no matter where, um, you know, which tools the advisor is using, you know, um, or bringing out of the bag to use, you know, for the client, you know, we have the ability to report on those and make it really easy for the advisor to use both of those and present it in a cohesive format, you know, to the client when they're doing annual reviews, um, updating financial plans, or just, you know, even sending out quarterly statements. So, And I would say that's on the, that's on the, the planning part. But it, it, do you see the industry changing in terms of how do you use them in the prospecting part? And, and what I mean by that, sure, let's say I'm an advisor and I separately, independently 
sort of am able to identify a contract that works for a client and then I bring it in and then, okay, you can do the reconciliation. But for an advisor, especially as this movement happens, specifically RIAs, you know, right now, independent RIAs that are getting into this sort of space because they're realizing, you know what, there's many ways to get this right. What, what, what do you envision being at their disposal if a prospect comes in and let's say they just take a RISA or something like that and they come out in a quadrant that is sort of, okay, they need at least some por- – they, like they would like to consider at least some portion of their investments you know, into, a, into a contractual income. That, that's, not, that's not technically correct because an annuity is not an investment in and of itself, but you, you get the yep. – it rhymes. You know? Let, let's just you know, humor me for that, from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Like how would, how, would, how would you envision being able to serve up, hey, look, these are the options – that yeah. are available to you to consider and you don't have to go separately to uh, a carrier a, a carrier b carrier c we're kind of kind of give you this sort of cafeteria model i don't know if i'm saying it right but you you know no, that vibe it, yeah no so our our um our ethos at orion has always been to be open architecture right so um we're not going to restrict the advisor you know from using a product you know um that they think is appropriate, you know, for the client. Like we'll consume that into our system and make it really easy for the advisor to do that. So no matter what, um, we consider the the universe to be completely open architecture. Now, um, you know, we talked about, you know, Orion having a model marketplace for investments, right? Um, I I view that as um, here's some, that's something we did where it's like, look, all the investment options are available to advisors out there. And our model marketplace, we just made it easier for the advisors to consume them. I do think that over time, you know, um, we'll continue to make bets in that area and say to advisors, look, um, you can bring in anything you want from the outside um, and we'll reconcile it and report it. But um, over time, we'll also try to make it easier for you to consume those inside direct, directly inside the Orion system. So we're, we're always kind of walking this you know, tightrope of being open architecture, but trying to add value um, and trying to make things easier for the advisor by using you know, specific um, products or libraries or communities or you know, model marketplaces that we have available to us. So, No, I, I agree. I just wanted to get your, your, your take on that. Wade, we're at the we've crossed the the fifty minute mark, and we always say beforehand, yeah, man, I don't know, we're gonna get thirty minutes out of this, and and yet here we are, right? <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Wade? Yeah, we did it. No, it's really like reaffirming to hear everything you said, Ryan, and we're so fortunate to be partnered with Orion and to have you as part of the RISA advisory board. So, thank you very much for your time today, and. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And Alex, do you want to close us out? Yeah, and, you know, Ryan may not say it, but I will. Hey, like, if you're an advisor, Orion is just an essential part of the tech stack. I mean, there could be other folks that do something similar. But, again, you won't find better people than that I could say myself, you know, from that vantage point. If you're a consumer that's working with an advisor or that's beginning to think about working with an advisor – it's absolutely table stakes for you to make sure that the advisor is working with a provider that can effectively do what Ryan just talked about because that, that, that's what facilitates the ability to, to have an engaging relationship. It, it's almost like that hierarchy of needs. 
and Orion takes care of those 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 I don't know two or three four layers of that pyramid. So uh, that, that that's you know if there's any takeaway from the podcast for advisors and consumers, that's what it is. I appreciate and, that. Guys. And, it sounds like uh, you both need to to uh, leave your day jobs and join our sales and marketing teams. You said it <laughs> no, it, well, it's easy. I mean, the reality is it's easy because it, it's like we're just saying how we feel. There's no there's no preconceived anything. It's just hey, look, this is this is how it is, you know. So yeah. thank you, Ryan. Really, uh, really appreciate it, and thank you for for joining us on this journey as we begin to push this Risa out. Awesome. I appreciate the time today and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, participate. Thanks, you guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC-registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.